what up world it's past first point guard and blazer beat writer mike richmond you listen to another episode of locked on blazers part of the locked on podcast network available wherever you get podcasts we got a fun show today the blazers have signed two players to training camp deals a former blazer legend has moved on and damien lillard got married we got a lot we got a lot to talk about but we're gonna start with big news maybe little news dennis smith jr Signed a training camp deal with the Portland Trail Blazers. He's going to come into camp and compete for that 14th roster spot. So to join me on today's show to talk about former Pistons great Dennis Smith Jr. is Kuka Heel, the co- the host of Locked On Pistons. You can follow him at Kuka Heel NBA on Twitter. Certified lover boy himself, Ku. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I like that. You can use that. I'll let you use that. That one's free. That was a free one. I'll give it to you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Ku, you experienced something like 23 games of Dennis Smith Jr. in Detroit. Uh, 20 total games, rather. Nine starts with the Pistons. Um, he was fine, but what what were your sort of impressions in that 20-game stretch for, for in Detroit? Um, quick impressions would be that he's not the same athlete that he was. Right. Um, part of that... Uh, I want to give him some of the benefit of the doubt, maybe, because he was out of shape getting to Detroit. He hadn't played in a minute, and he was dealing with an injury. Um, and as he like t- started to play more and more, he started to show more and more athleticism. Like, he had one big dunk that had everyone rocking in, in, uh, in the half court. Uh, so it, he may he may get back closer to that with an offseason of training and, and, and being healthy and getting into shape. But uh, in his time in Detroit, definitely didn't look like the same athlete he was uh, that people are going to think of him as is like in Dallas. Um, but then also – his overall offensive game, um, it, it hinges a lot on that athleticism. So if he's not able to get a lot of that back, it, I mean, it's going to be a little bit tough to see how he hangs on to the NBA. Right. However, he gives a reason to believe he can because the way he performed on the defensive end in Detroit was honestly astounding. I, 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 I was amazed. I, I didn't think he was that good of a defender. I think in his previous stops, people would say that he probably wasn't a good defender, but I think you know, hitting rock bottom and coming off an injury, getting traded twice. He probably had a different mentality. He came to Detroit. He was a pest on ball. He was really good off ball, uh, active off ball as well in, in the passing lanes. He was overall just a really, really good uh, defender in, for the Pistons. So uh, that's something you can look forward to as a Blazers fan if he does make the roster. That wasn't really my perception of him. Like, certainly not the the rap on him coming out. He was the ninth pick in the 2017 draft, if you're not familiar with Dennis Smith Jr. He's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. North Carolina's own. Shout out to... Uh, the NC State Wolfpack, uh, drafted by the Mavs, not that ninth pick in 2017, was part of the Chris Epps Porzingis trade and played for the Knicks. It just didn't work out in either of those spots. He was kind of fine with the Mavs, 15 and five his rookie season, 15 points and five dimes. Like he was, um, he didn't shoot it well, but he was an all rookie performer. Like he he looked like he was a, going to be a like a an impact NBA player to some extent. Injuries, like you said, and and kind of change of scenery just never really worked out there. But were you when when he was coming in with the Pistons? Obviously, the the Pistons were in a space where it's all kind of all developmental minutes. You kind of just you know see what you get out of guys and figure out from there. Were you? Did you think he was a good defensive player? Was that your perception of him? Absolutely not. I thought he was a like just just everything I've read before and just overall like maybe it was a little bit ignorant of, of an outside take. But I feel like from what I've heard from people and what I had understood into their coming into Detroit. He was not a good defender at all. So I think that's something he just flipped in Detroit and may flip moving forward into his career. What types of players did he defend best? Like uh, other little guards? Could he de- did he defend up? Was it you know was he was it more overwhelming athleticism? Like where were his defensive strengths? 
Um, I wouldn't say he was doing very well against like guys much bigger than him. Sure. Um, obviously, I don't think that's something that you would really expect of him anyways. Uh, but pointing to the attack defending, he was really aggressive when he wanted to. He got up in guys and and really, really caused some havoc. I mean, he's 6'2", but he's 205 pounds, so he's built. He's, right. he's pretty strong, too. So he got when he got up in guys, he definitely made them uncomfortable. And then one of the things that really like caught me caught me off guard, like even on top of the, the point of attack defending, was his his reads off ball and his uh what's what's the word for it the he, he the way he like read off ball I, I can't think of the word but he oh anticipated the way he anticipated on defense was really good he would uh, read passing lanes really well he was quite active he read like the next pass so you crash down and get the next rotation he was just really active off ball and really showed off like a smart level of play off ball that I didn't think he had I don't think a lot of people thought he had that yeah. So. Again, I, I don't know if that was something he just completely flipped in Detroit because, like I said, he hit rock bottom and, you know, was trying to last in the NBA. But more than just his point of attack stuff, it was really him off ball just, you know, reading reading passes or making the right rotation down low and stripping a guy or, you know, just just overall everything off ball is really more impressive, honestly, than his on ball stuff. Yeah, I mean, the sign of real defensive IQ is being engaged when you don't have, when the ball isn't right in front of you. Most dudes in the league, if you, I mean, there are some exceptions, a couple of them play for the Trailblazers, but, uh, you know, you, even, but most dudes in the league, you put the ball in front of them, they know where, to, they know what to do. Um, These so are the sort of defensive IQ to, like you said, the anticipation um, and just like staying in scheme off the ball and being a useful, useful defender is really positive signs. Uh, you were not the first person to say that Dennis Smith Jr. was a good defender to me in Detroit. And I was like, wait, what the hell? Like, <laughs> Wait, wait, are we talking about the same dude? You mean the little, like the little guy who dunks, the dunk highlight guy is, is a is a good defensive player. So yeah. I think that's I think that's intriguing. Like I think that's for, for what the Blazers need. And he's gonna if he plays at all, if he makes the roster and plays at all, he's gonna have a reduced role. But um, a guard who can guard at the point of attack and be a good defensive player is crucial for this team. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw Jackson Frank tweet about it the other day, and that that kind of got it flowing throughout Twitter at least um, nationally as well. But yeah, he, defensively he was just it was shocking how good he was in that and I'm not going to lie like he, this is not like over exaggeration of like, you know, he was good, he was bad back then, he got a little bit better sort of calmly. Like he actually was a legitimate good defender for the Pistons. It was shocking. So yeah, I think that's the biggest thing you're looking forward to getting him on the team as of right now based off what he played in Detroit. However, like I said, I think with the off season of training camp and him getting into shape, there is a level of like hope you can have. Sure. That he gets back to you know, maybe not where he was in Dallas because he was a freak athlete like in Dallas. Right. And he's had a lot of injuries. But there is a little bit of hope that, you know, with the offseason of, of getting in shape that he gets some of the athleticism back and is able to do more offensively. Uh, because he did start to get better as the season went on overall in offense. Just, what, what were his strengths on offense? Like what he's not a shooter. Um and if he's not getting to the rim like he was, like where does it where are his where are his strengths on the offensive end? Um it's kind of it, it's it's a work in progress to be honest from sure. what I saw in Detroit. It was a lot of it hinged on his outside shot. It it, it really did it because he he really struggled at times. Um, it definitely early on and when he got to Detroit, it was kind of sad to watch because there was a point in time when like Saban Lee, our rookie, uh, he was getting to the basket at will. I forget what team it was. He came in for Dennis Smith Jr. was getting to the rim at will and just finishing layups. And you could tell when Dennis Smith Jr. was brought back and he's like, oh, I can do the same thing. I'm just an explosive. And he was he was trying and trying and trying. And he just couldn't. It, right. it was it was sad to see. It was like he was forcing. He was trying to do, it and he just couldn't. Um, so it it really did hinge a lot on his outside shot. Um, he sometimes he gets he's able to get to the rim on occasions. 
Um, it's 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 really just a mixed box on that end right now. It's 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 matter of are you going to get the athleticism out of him, or is he really just like cooked in that area? Sure. It really because the games he played well was the games he hit two or three threes right. from outside. Right, and um, and he was a he he was a slightly obviously tiny little sample size, twenty games in Detroit and, and relative limited minutes. He played under twenty a night, and most of those big bulk games were those nine stars, sort of heavy minute games. But he, he shot slightly below league average. I mean if he's and if he's there, if he's in that 35, 36 range, he's it really changes what he can be. He's he's for his career, he hasn't shot that well. That is by far his his best shooting uh, little stretch of his career. So um I, like so many swing guards in the league, if, if they make shots, it opens up the rest of their game. Uh, before I let you get out of here, if you're looking for, if the Blazers are looking for a 14th guy, they're only going to carry 14 into, into the regular season. Is, is Dennis Smith Jr. a reasonable option for number 14 on an NBA roster? Um, I mean, on an NBA roster, sure. I mean, it like I said, there's like a little bit like, obviously I think they do this a lot with, or NBA teams do this a lot with like lottery picks. Like you're going to get multiple chances because you were a high lottery pick, right? Right. Especially if there's like reason to believe that, like, oh, maybe with the off season of training, he gets back into shape and he's able to do this, blah blah. Uh, so yeah, like a 14th, 15th man on the roster, sure. That that I mean, it's not too bad to get him in on, especially if he's only on a training camp deal. You're making him earn it, etc. Uh, I think that could be good for a player like that to make him earn it and and earn a spot like that, especially someone who's was as high as he was and crashed down where he was. Right. Uh, but honestly, I, I just before you end, I just want to say from like the outside looking in and from outside and like from Detroit looking in, um, I, I just, I, I, I gotta say, I, I question a little bit what's going on in Portland because Damian Lilly like may ask for like this, you know, he, he kind of made like not trade demand, but kind of made like, you know, we got to speed this up. We got, you know, gotta go yeah, let's it. get better. Exactly. And, yeah, and it kind of responded with, you know, Tony Snow. And Wait, hold on. Like, hold on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think Larry Nance Jr. and getting Dennis Smith Jr. for the end of the bench is like, is the secret? You don't think that's enough? You came it, on it here to tell be. me that's not enough? What the hell? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just saying from outside in Detroit, it, hey, it's, it's looking a little suspicious. <laughs> All right. I, listen, you, you might be right, but it's the man's wedding weekend. Let's let him have some peace, you know? <laughs> Let's let him have Fair some enough. peace. Dame, they got you potentially Dennis Smith Jr. And potentially the person we're going to talk about in the next segment, Marquise Chris, is also coming to training camp with the Pistons. So we will talk about him in the second segment. But before we get out of there, Koo, Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to listen to Locked On Pistons. Uh, fun guest this week on Locked On Pistons. I'm not going to spoil it, but um, if you are into, say, Midwest basketball, you are not going to want, in all its forms, you're not going to want to miss Locked On Pistons this week. Make sure you are subscribing to Locked On Pistons wherever you already get pods. And make sure you're following Koo on Twitter at NBA. Appreciate you, dude. Thank you so much. Let's talk about sweat block. Specifically, I want to tell you about the sweat block wipes. They are a solution for you if you are someone who has to deal with heavy perspiration. They are stronger and more effective than your most than most of your clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed, and the next morning you wake up, take a shower, go about your day without worrying about sweat, guaranteed. Seriously, guaranteed. Sweat block gives you the dry shirt guarantee. If if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Simple as that. Uh, each one of these wipes can work up to seven days. You're, you're talking maybe one wipe for, or maybe two a week to keep you dry, keep you from perspiring and let you wear what you want to wear with confidence. So go to sweatblock.com right now. You'll get 20% off when you use the promo code locked on, or it's also available on Amazon and, and at CVS. 
Today's show is also brought to you by Stat Hero. And if you play daily fantasy sports with any regularity, you know how it works. You lose. You always lose. In fact, 85% of people who play da- daily fantasy sports lose. That's not really that surprising. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance against those folks. That's why I want to tell you about Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero with DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. So play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. So go to stathero.com slash locked on, stathero.com slash locked on. All right. So in that first segment, we talked about Dennis Smith Jr., the first of two players the Blazers have signed to training camp contracts. They're going to bring in 14 players in this uh, this offseason. They're gonna they're or this into the regular season. They have 13 under contract now. And according to Jason Quick of the Athletic, who reported this about a month ago, the Blazers' plan is to bring a bunch of players into training camp, um, or a bu- several players into training camp, just and have them compete and be best of the be- the best of the bunch will be the 14th guy and they'll move from there. They're not super worried about positions, um, which makes the signing of Dennis Smith Jr. and now Marquise Chris, it it checks out. Uh, You know, Dennis Smith Jr. is an undersized guard or a point guard, scoring point guard. but defensive point guard, as it turns out, if you listen to Kuka Heel in the first segment, thanks again to Ku for joining us. And Marquise Chris is a small ball center. And so you've got, you've got sort of, you know, if if the Blazers truly are going to go best available player, they've got options. Chris was the eighth pick in the 2016 draft, originally drafted by the Phoenix Suns. From there, he was traded to Houston and then traded to Cleveland, and then found himself really with the Golden State Warriors. He signed a two-way deal with the Warriors. He was he signed a two-way contract, not even a real NBA deal, but a two-way contract with the Warriors ahead of the 2019-2020 season. And he really, he really found himself with the Warriors. Like he became an he became he had he had not been a very good NBA player. And then all of a sudden with the Warriors in that system, with their space, with, um, you know, with with sort of Steph Curry and Draymond, and he didn't play a ton with Draymond. He played a bunch of small ball backup center without Draymond. Like he found he was he was finally, a, you know, a, a, a quality NBA player for the first time in his career. And that season uh, in January, they converted his two way deal into a full NBA contract. You know, they committed to him. Well, they committed to him at least for the remainder of the season, converting that two-way deal into a regular, uh, a regular NBA contract. And that year, he averaged nine point three points, six point two rebounds, playing in fifty-nine games, including twenty-one starts. He was he was a, a like a quality small ball center, not a game changer, but but athletic enough to be a lob threat. Um, the right size at at six nine to be a little bit switchy, but but sturdy enough to play center. Um, he's probably a true center at this point. Like he's probably a true kind of like um, rim running big. He's not much of a shooter. He he showed a little bit of playmaking prowess with Golden State, but also they run so much stuff um, off ball stuff that you can just like be a better passer if you play along in like dribble handoff actions with Steph Curry. Um, so like sort of the raw numbers maybe uh, belie his actual like improvement as a, as a playmaker, but he, he looked like an NBA player with, with uh, Golden State and he was going to be a part of their, of their 
this season and but very early in the 2020 2021 year he fractured his left leg and was out for the remainder of the season that was like the week of christmas december 27th so right 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 at basically um you know early early in the season as it is to kick back off a season ending he sustained that season ending ending injury and uh and he has since hit free agency he was actually uh traded and then waived as, but he was, he was never going to play. So it was just kind of salary matching after that. But, but now he finds himself with a chance to, uh, to make the Blazers roster. This, uh, the, the news for, about Chris was reported by Shams Tarania, who says that um, in the tweet, at least that Tarania signing or that Tarania Shams is not playing for the Blazers. He's, um, he's just not big enough, but Chris is agreed to a non-guaranteed deal with the Portland Trailblazers and he will come to camp and complete for the roster spot. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski is a person who reported the Dennis Smith Jr. news. And according to Woj, Dennis Smith Jr. has signed a deal to attend. The language is Dennis Smith Jr. has signed a deal to attend training camp with the Portland Trailblazers. I think the real key here, um, just judging by the way the Blazers do business typically, like it's, I'm not, I don't want to read like too deep into this, but typically the way Neil Olshay has done business is the guy they give money to first and it is the, is the person they'll keep. Uh, both of these are Neil type guys, right? Like the ninth pick in the 2017 draft, Dennis Smith Jr. The eighth pick in the 2016 draft is Chris, like former lottery picks, highly, you know, highly touted prospects who just didn't work out. And this is his classic second draft. Both of these do, you know, Smith is playing on his fourth team. Chris is playing on his fifth team. Like if, if they were to make the Blazers. So it's, it's not like either of them has sort of like had one chance and needs a second chance. We're talking m- multiple stops in order to, uh, to look like an NBA player, but it's very different things. And it kind of both of them kind of like meet the needs, right? Like if it's Smith Jr., you're getting like a true point guard or like a, a guy who could like play conceivably be considered a point guard in the league. And a lot of people have screamed for a veteran point guard that would check the box. And I have thought that actually the Blazers most pressing need is, is depth up front. And Chris would answer that depth up front question, assuming that um, both of those gentlemen are healthy. They've had both had some health concerns. But typically what I was saying is the way that Neil Olshay has done stuff is the guy they give money to first has been the guy they've kept. This is like... Um, they kept, they gave Luis Montero a small guarantee and a dude you'd never heard of made the team back in 2015. Uh, that's like, that's sort of following the Neil route. And then when they didn't give folks a guaranteed contract, say like Anthony Morrow or Greg Steensma, those dudes were just coming into camp to play. They were never going to, there was no, there was no roster spot consideration for them. It was just, we want like quality veteran bodies in here. And, and if something, um, if need be, we'll, we will sort of be able to go from there. But I think, um, if if Smith Jr. has like a Exhibit 10 deal and we haven't seen the, the details here, like if he has a small guarantee, you can bet he's the guy. It sounds like Chris doesn't have a guarantee at all. So while he could still be there, I like who Neil pays first and who um, is, is usually the guy he goes with. Like he he, he has a plan and he sticks with it. So uh, when this when the news first came out, like I, the Dennis Smith Jr. and the Woj news came first and I said, OK, Dennis Smith Jr. is the guy, but uh, now that they're bringing in Chris, which seems to be, um, you know, certainly a, another option. I, I'm not as firm as Dennis Smith Jr. is the guy. And also I haven't seen the details or been able to track them down, whether Smith Jr. is getting a small amount of guaranteed money. But I, I think I would like, if I had to guess, like if I, and I really am guessing here, I want to be clear, I'm not reporting anything, really I'm guessing. I would think it's DSJ. Like I think it's Dennis Smith Jr. is, is, is the direction that Neil is leaning, but Chris could help. Like as neither of these folks, neither, neither Chris nor Smith, like, 
are going to play a bunch. They're the four, you were talking about 14th guy. You're talking about deep rotation. You're talking about insurance and positional insurance. I think the more valuable positional insurance for the Blazers would be Chris because I think they could use some depth up front. Like I think that could be that could be important to what they're what they're trying to accomplish. But if they go with a veteran point guard, there are plenty of smart people in the world who have um, who have said the Blazers desperately need that. And Smith Jr. is, is a ball handler and someone who has you know started at point guard for at several stops in the league to varying levels of success. And to hear Ku tell it in the first segment has improved greatly as a defensive player. So that's where we're at. The Blazers are finalizing their training camp roster. Like I said, they're only going to bring 14 players in. Uh, the maximum on the roster you can have is 15 plus a uh, plus a two-way. The Blazers have one two-way roster or one two-way spot already filled by Trendon Watford. They could fill another one. Neither Chris nor Smith Jr. is eligible any longer for those two-way contracts. They both have too many years of experience in the league. So both of them, if they were to sign, would sign um, full NBA deals and they would sign for that 14th and final spot. And the Blazers will carry one opening into the regular season. Uh, guessing now, reading the tea leaves, I would guess Dennis Smith Jr., but I think it is like legitimately an open competition between two, you know, NBA NBA vets who had um, some real upside in the last, you know, f- five years ago, four and five years ago. And, and uh, the Blazers are hoping that they can coax a little bit more of that out of them. So that's the Blazers' future. What I want to do to close out the show is talk a little bit about the Blazers' past. LaMarcus Aldridge is not coming home. Let's talk a little bit about that to close the show. But first, let's talk about Rock Auto. It's the family business that's been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. They make it easy for you to find the parts you need for your car or truck. And if you are someone who works on their car or truck, you work on if you work on uh, what you drive, you know it can be difficult going to those chain auto stores or or the dealership. They don't have what you want. Their prices are expensive, or they got to order, or they they can get it for you, but they got to order it and and you got to wait. And it's just it's a hassle. It's more expensive. So save time and money and use Rock Auto. They got everything you need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, and they got hundreds of thousands of parts from every make and model. So go explore their easy-to-use website. Find the solution to your auto part needs. That's rockauto.com. Head there right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. Thanks again to Kuka Heel, host of Locked On Pistons, who joined us in the first segment to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. Talk about Marquise Chris in the second segment. Two guys are going to be competing for the Blazers' 14th roster spot to earn that final regular season roster spot heading into training camp, which opens up here in a couple weeks. But you know who won't be joining them? Former Blazer great LaMarcus Aldridge has returned to the NBA and he's not returning to Rip City. That is sound you're hearing, is the dream <laughs> slowly dying. Uh, the reunion with LaMarcus Aldridge never seemed, just because like the way, the like the state of the Blazers, it didn't it didn't seem like a perfect setup. If, if everything was, you know, copacetic and rosy here um, in, in, the, in the Rose City, like then, then like a reunion with LaMarcus would make sense. And he had to retire suddenly last year after he was, uh, 
bought out by the Spurs, signed with the Nets, and then he had to suddenly retire after playing a handful of games with the Nets with a with a heart condition. He is a deal that um, he had been dealing with heart issues, heart concerns for since you know his second season in the league. Uh, it had been it had been an issue that had flared up. There's been another. It was reportedly other issues when he was with the Spurs. Um, and, you know, just like a scary thing when you're dealing with heart issues. So you know, five months ago, six months ago, he um, he retired pretty quickly with these heart concerns. You know, said that you know he's always worried first and foremost about basketball, but it's time to worry first and foremost about his family. But he. You know, he got the itch. He's he was 36. He was still, you know, if not a good basketball player, like a he could contribute at some level to an NBA team. And he wanted to go out on his terms, um, whatever that is. Like we that that seems like a sort of natural and human thing. And he signed with a very good team in Brooklyn and had a chance to compete for um, was going to compete for a title. Uh, it didn't work out for Brooklyn. It didn't work out for Lamarcus. He had to suddenly retire. And then it had been, there had been whispers over the last month and, and, and just not even whispers, just straight up reporting the last month that Aldridge was considering trying to get back into basketball and he was going to see if he could be medically cleared. And according to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Aldridge has been cleared by a number of doctors, uh, both his own independent uh, healthcare providers and those with the Brooklyn Nets, and he's going to return. He's he's back uh, on a one-year minimum deal. It's I think it's a little sad that it just didn't work out for the Blazers and LaMarcus and, and him and Dame, you know, Jason Quick wrote a story about a couple of years ago, like have openly discussed uh, a reunion, like openly discussed playing together again. But like I said, it's just, it didn't make sense for like the timing of um, the situation here. Like LaMarcus comes here while Dame is sort of unsettled and, and it's unclear. Um you know, I think the Blazers also just moved on from kind of like a poor defending NBA legend in Carmelo Anthony and kind of re, re revamping that with LaMarcus Aldridge, like wouldn't make a ton of sense. He's just like a straight up center now. He's really, you know, he was for a long time an underrated and really quality defender in the league. Like, you know, that's why he's a multi-time all-star. He was like a two-way real two-way threat for, for in his prime, like a very, very smart and good defender and, you know, an elite one-on-one sort of score in the way that he, the way that he did it, which was take fadeaway 17 footers. Uh, you know, he's, but he was, he was, um, he was good at what he did, but he's really like, he's really diminished defensively. Um, so adding him as sort of like the, okay, Carmelo's gone. Let's add LaMarcus. That didn't make sense. The uneasiness with sort of Dame's future early in the offseason maybe made it less sense. And just quite frankly, signing with the Nets gets you significantly closer to an NBA title than than the Blazers. I think that chance to chase a Larry O'Brien trophy has to significantly outweigh the appeal of reunion with the Blazers. The reunion would be nice. It would be a nice story. It's something that I think I've said on this podcast. And if I hadn't, if you haven't heard me say it, I'll say it again here. Like I was rooting for it. That's a fun tale. LaMarcus returns, him and Dame kind of like straight up bury the hatchet in a way, you know, that, that they had done privately and then told told uh, the press that they had done privately. But like you, you would see it play out in front of you. I think Blazer fans who had kind of soured on LaMarcus for a while had, had to sort of change their tune when he was last in uh, in Portland this this past season with the Spurs. I even wrote a story about it um, and, and talked to LaMarcus about getting cheers in Portland and how that kind of just the whole vibe had changed. Like just the the 
the the way he'd been treated and welcomed and all those things like just the it was just a, a truly different vibe than it once had been and and I think the the fan base in the city was ready to welcome him back so this is more of just like a happy trails Lamarcus and and Trailblazers reunion like this um, it's I don't think he did the Blazers dirty by any means it's hard to say whether the team was in any way interested I would assume they were not considering what he is at this state and and he would have been. On the Blazers, he would have been an insurance policy behind Cody Zeller and Yusuf Nurkic, and that's probably not how he would want his return to Portland to be. He'd want a real, real minutes, but I don't think at his at his stage in his career and and with the health concerns like that's not reasonable. In um, you know, he's going to be the third center probably behind Blake Griffin and uh, and Paul Millsap. Uh, in uh in Brooklyn he'll be they'll they will also have people in, and Nick Claxton they'll also so the fourth center they'll also have you know other people in front of him along that front line who are just like straight up better and are going to play on most nights and Lamarcus will probably pick up a bunch of DNPs but like I said you're talking about contributing on a team that is um if not the title favorites one of the hand, like small handful three or four teams that you could say oh yeah they might win the title this year and you know, best of luck, LaMarcus. I hope this ends with you uh, holding a trophy because you had a great career um, and you were mostly overshadowed in all your stops by your teammates because of your style and your personality. And when it was time for you to crow, it lasted very briefly in Portland where you really got to puff out your chest and be the guy. And we didn't get the sweet reunion to treat you like the guy here um, you know, and fans to serenade you and, and and celebrate the legend. So I hope that you get that fulfilling moment of winning a championship. Best of luck, uh, LaMarcus. Other Blazer news, and I'm not going to, uh, this is going to, we're going to do this real quick. Damon Lowe got married this weekend uh, to a longtime partner and mother of his three kids, Kayla. Congrats to Damon, Kayla. Um, it's all over social media. If that's the thing you're into, um, I saw a Reddit headline I didn't click on that had catalog the guest list. Shout out to <laughs> shout out to those Reddit users who did that. So if that's the thing you're into, you can find out who attended Dame's wedding. You can check social media and see a bunch of photos from it. Um, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Rick, he's a millionaire. He had a millionaire type wedding. Uh, others, Blazer News, uh, CJ McCollum announced on Instagram this weekend that him and his wife. Elise are expecting their first child. So we got big news in Blazerland, big life moments in Blazerland for the two guards. But that two minute recap is about as much as you're doing because, um, you know, I'm not going to dive deep into these people's personal lives via their social media, uh, but I encourage you to find it if you, if that is something you're into. We got a really good week in Blazerland coming up. Really fun week on, on the podcast. Uh, Joe Freeman of, of the Oregonian is going to join me to talk about a big, a big topic, which is how we're going to watch the Blazers this year. Um, talk about the move to root sports, talk about potential streaming options, all those things, all things um, about the new, the way Blazer broadcasting is going to shift this year, the way that sort of it's going to shift in sort of how you can access it this year. Cause it might be slightly different for some of you. And many, many, many of you have asked about streaming options and Joe is the man who broke this news. He's been on top of it. So he will be on the podcast to, to share what he can about uh, the future of, of blazers, blazers viewing options. Uh, got another guest lined up for later this week. Steve Jones jr. Is going to join the podcast. Son of a legend, Steve snapper Jones and, uh, and, and worked in the NBA for in his own right. Steve Jones jr. So, be sure to do not miss either of those. 
We'll also have a mailbag episode. That is a that is a packed full week, and we'll share a Blazers moment of joy. That's right. That's a full week in the offseason. Lockdown Blazers isn't going anywhere. We're providing you with the heat. Even in early September, when the NBA is as quiet as can be, you can still get your Blazers fix. So if this is something you're into and you've got a friend who might be into it as well, be sure to tell them about this podcast. Tell them to search Locked on Blazers wherever they already get podcasts, and we'll be there waiting for them. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.